Ahoy guys, welcome to the 17th episode of the Drunk Ship Podcast. I'm your host, Tay Infinite, alongside my bro, my best friend, the co-host, Captain Crockett. No, Cyber, Cyber Calamity. I fit to get this every single time. Konnichiwa. <laughs> Konnichiwa. Uh, this is another special guest episode. We had one last week with Colin. Um, you should check that out as well. But this week we have Brian. So, introduce yourself. Hello. Brian. Hello, everyone. Crockett, you're a fucking weeb. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, how you doing? It's been a long time. It's my first time on the show. Thank you for having me. Finally, uh, yeah, I fucking get to be finally. The big man on top here and have you on my podcast. Isn't that time? Works? Did you ever come on my podcast? Did I ever get you on? Yeah, I did the Shin Godzilla, episode. and I listened okay, to yeah, it. Yeah. I got so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I listened to that. I got so jealous at Jordan. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. I listened to that at my aunt's house. So, uh, Brian, what you do, man? What are you, what are you doing? Uh, well, right now I'm, I'm mostly like I mostly do video editing. Uh, I haven't done. I used to do a podcast when I went to school with you guys. Haven't done it in a long time, but I'm doing good. Just got a job video editing, got a job content Sweet. creating, and that's what I've been focusing on for so long. And I've been playing a shit ton of Final Fantasy 14, and uh, just trying to exist in the middle of a global pandemic. Uh, try not to go crazy. Yeah, is it? It's it's already taking over me. I'm sick of it. Like, yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm fed up with it. The thing that I'm fed up with is is like the pandemic itself would be fine if it was just a pandemic. Yeah, but like we have to do with all of these idiots. Like yesterday, I was at a gas station, and I was behind some dude that was going to buy cigarettes, and he's standing in line and he's wearing the mask, perfectly fine. And then as soon as he gets up to the cash register, he fucking takes the mask off and says, hey, can I have some cigarettes? And the lady backed away going like, sir, put your fucking mask back on. <laughs> I, see, I see so many people do that every day. Like they'll wear their mask. They'll get up. And it's like, let me just be clear and take my <laughs> mask off. Or, uh, you know, the, actually the best one is like when someone takes their, the mask down to cough and then puts it back on. <laughs> <laughs> what I what I find one of my I just look at them just shake my head it's like they walk around with the mask on but it's not over their nose like, what's the point dude that pisses me off That's, that pisses me off might as well walk around with your cock out it's, it's just it's fucking stupid people are rude man they don't care have you have you guys mm. seen the one the mask where it's like it like opens and closes with, <laughs> yeah. with your mouth people eating. be like taking yeah they eat with those things off. that's that's uh we're living in strange this time, completely yeah. de- defeat the point, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> absolutely, it defeats the point. The point is that you don't breathe into other people's mouths because you're fucking filthy. Like, I was at Walmart yesterday, or the day before yesterday. Like, you just ever just look at around you, people wearing this mask, and like, you never thought we'd be at the point of wearing a mask like this. Like, it's like it's part of our daily fashion now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Culture has uh, forever changed. Say that again. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I just said that culture is forever changed. Like, we're never going to be the same. Yeah. Like, for the next, like, I I feel like in 40 years, people are going to be wearing, like, Tokyo Ghoul mask, and it's going to be socially acceptable. I'm already saying, like, Oni mask, plenty of times people wearing those, like, Oni, like, it's a face mask, but it had, like, the Oni, like, T-phone and all that stuff now. I've been saying, like, all different designs now. So it's, like, people just trying to be cute with it now. I'm glad you guys (laughs) brought that up, because I, I just bought a mask yesterday that's like a, a stylish mask stylish to f- match like my clothing and stuff yeah i just go simple black because it goes everything. right yeah i have I like have a... it's like a the mask is like this like little skeleton dude it's like it's white and then it's like it has black stripes and then like 
has like this little skeleton dude like creeping out like blinds. Yeah. Well, I want a Superman yeah. one. Though, I have a bright ass green mask. Bright and green. Why? <laughs> you have a green just, screen mask. Yeah, pretty much. It's just Humana sells them, and I just bought one, and I walk around like completely dressed in black, but this bright ass green mask in front of me. Yeah. Just like fucking. The plumber came to my house the other day, and he took off his mask to talk to me. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, kicking my ass. People, I think people forget like it's what's the point like it's yeah, yeah it's just like they they wear it and then they're like yeah like, hang on so you can hear me better or yeah. something no, wearing this thing let me pull it down it's just like if you don't fucking put your mask back on you're gonna fucking stick your head in the toilet see how you like that or some people take it off and like excuse me what'd you say just to hear <laughs> you, <laughs> you know like you like you go it's like when you turn down the music the car music yeah. to, to see better yeah it's like that for some people <laughs> Yeah, it, I do that all the time. <laughs> so, yeah. what have you guys been up to? <sighs> that. <laughs> I mean, doing this podcast. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You guys, you, you guys still have a job? Like, are you? I haven't talked to any of you in like fucking six months, at least. I think it's been way longer than six months. I think, yeah. I think it's been I like think two so. years. Like chat wise, or like voice. Like like a legitimate conversation because I talk shit with you on Twitter all the time about yeah. nerds being stupid and I tag Crockett on weird weep stuff. But like yeah. actually have a conversation. I haven't talked to you guys in a long time. Two I'm years. Very happy to hear your voice. Yeah, since <laughs> oh we graduated, God. kinda. Yeah. Did you go to graduation? I feel, I, feel, <laughs> I feel like we all should be like having like a, a whiskey sour right now. Yeah. <laughs> since we're we're all having a full blown conversation again. I thought about the corner the other day, and I really missed that place, and I hope that it survives. Yeah. yeah. I, I think about it all the time, like, how we used to go there as a group. Like, remember, like, that time you lost your keys at the movies? Shit, Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember that. <laughs> Where did we see I was that, pissed. What did, we, what did we see? It was, uh, I feel like it was a Marvel thing. Was it? Um, was it? You know we probably all don't remember because we all were getting sloshed at the fucking bar <laughs> right before we went to go see a movie. No, I remember because he had to go back again because they closed around that time when we left. Yeah, because the, they, they closed when we left and I had to like talk to the lady and she was so annoyed at me. She was just like, I don't know where your keys are. She's like, they're in that room. Just let me in and let me go get them. <laughs> was it Deadpool? But they, uh, it may have no, been Deadpool. No, it wasn't Deadpool. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? Yeah, hey, I don't remember. But I know that the, I know that the lady super forgettable. She kicked me out because she was just like, "Yeah, the other movie started, so I can't let you in." She like that and, sucks. And, <laughs> <laughs> just pretty much. She was like, "Tough titties, better stay here for a little while." So we got drunk instead, uh, and then we, <laughs> I went home. God, that was that was stressful. But yeah, I wonder how Alan's doing. My man, Alan. Was it? Yeah, I haven't. Go ahead. No, so isn't it the time Brian had a rental car? Yeah, that's exactly why. Because someone, that's exactly what it was. Someone <laughs> hit me and I had a rental car. So the keys oh, were yeah. clipped into my belt. They were yeah, hanging out of my pocket. You were on your way to come play magic with us. Yeah. Yeah. Someone hit you. Yeah, I remember this. <laughs> I was on my way to Matthews to play magic with you guys. And someone like just absolutely wrecked my shit. It was some kid, right? There. It was some 18-year-old kid. Yeah. His name was Daniel. He missed the sub sign and fucking hit my passenger. He, like, I hit his door, 
and my whole my radiator like leaked like five minutes after that oh, happened. God. All of the water out of my car, completely Jesus. gone. And then, fun fact, uh, like seven months later, my engine blew up, uh, and so I had to get a new car. <laughs> yeah, if the engine's done, that's it. Yeah, car. partly because of that accident, because it's like after that accident, my radiator never worked properly. Overheated. Uh, it just yeah. overheated my engine. Literally, like I was driving it one time and it just went like, and that was it. That's like Mr. Krabs. Yeah. Stuck in a gas station in South Carolina with my girlfriend, and they didn't have a car for like three weeks after that it sucked when you uh wreck your car yeah there's a certain smell that you smell and like that's how you know you're fucked when you smell that when you hit when you hit your car yeah and, and then it has like this weird smell coming through you're like you know you're fucked it's like a weird sort of like burny gasoline smell yeah i there's i have no way of explaining it yeah. But, but if you you've know. ever been in a car wreck, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, you know, the smell leak coming through your, like, uh, vents. <laughs> the it smells rage. like, almost like a, it's like plastic, like a plasticky uh, tube smell or yeah. something. It's and something it's like, so like burnt rubber and all of that shit. And it's fucking awful. And also, I'm never angrier than when I get in a car accident. It's, it's never like, you never get in a car accident and are like, oh man, are you okay? So I was like, fuck! You know, it's. <laughs> Thank God, I've never been in like a car accident, but I have hit a deer square. Like usually, when people hit a fucking deer, it's like on the side of the car, or it's like, you know, it's never like like square in the middle. I hit I hit a deer square in the middle of my car, and it just (laughs) it my front end just went like like wimp. So my entire like it seemed like my I just smashed my my radiator all to pieces right into my motor. Oh, you seen God. a video where they hit a car and it went like at least thirty feet in the air. You oh, seen that no, video? They hit, a, they hit a deer. Like, oh Jesus Christ! Yeah. <laughs> it was messed up, but it's funny. <laughs> it just goes like forty <laughs> feet in the air. Like, you guys ever seen like a like a semi truck hit a deer? It explodes. Uh, yeah, it, it turns just, into like spaghetti sauce. It just gets decimated. Yeah. Man, poor deer. You go, oh dear. <laughs> you just look at it. <laughs> yeah. That shouldn't be as funny, but oh dear. <laughs> hey Brian, what's the most uh what's the most recent film you've seen this year? Uh so it's it's, it's a movie called The Death of Dick Long. You made that up. Uh, no, I I <laughs> I promise you. It's a movie by it's called it's Daniel Cheer. It's the you guys see Swiss Army Man? No, it's on my list to watch, though. So the directors of Swiss Army Man, one half of them directed an independent movie in Alabama called The Death of Dick Long. And it's oh. phenomenal. And it's about a fam- It's about a dude named Dick who dies. And then the whole movie is two of his friends trying to cover up his death. Uh, and you don't really find out what happened until like halfway through the movie. But it's like it's just like a weird celebration of southern Alabama culture with like just weird people and it's a if you guys it's like four dollars on amazon prime you should absolutely go watch it it's an amazing little film Uh, so it's like reverse weekend at bernie's kind of because well the guy (laughs) dies in the first 10 minutes and they just drop him off at a hospital 
And then the movie is about the investigation who's done by this old lady, uh, like this fucking 70-year-old woman that's in the police force uh, trying to investigate this mur- the murder of Dick Long. And the two guys, at the like the two friends that dropped them off in the hospital are the ones that like essentially killed them. And so they're trying to hide from the law and like trying not to tell anybody what happened. But they're the last ones that saw Dick alive. And it's a whole, it's a mess of a film. And it's very weird uh, because I, I don't know if I should spoil it, but it's, it's the dude died because a horse fucked him to death. What? Yeah, the dude died because a horse fucked him to death. Now there's and a story years ago that some guy that happened to a real guy. Mr. Yeah, yeah, Mr. yeah. Hands. The guy from uh, it was from that weird like torture porn videos that came out that were really popular when we were kids that we should definitely not have seen. But <laughs> well, I never seen, seen it, but I heard it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the death of the Klong. It's a fantastic movie. It's directed by Daniel. I think Cheer is his name. And uh, if you want to explore a slice of life in Alabama where someone gets someone dies by horsecock, then it's a great fucking movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if that's your niche, <laughs> I don't think we I don't think we mentioned it yet. That um, th- so this week's uh, topic is films because I, I find like uh, films are going through an in- interesting change right now. Yeah, and uh, we had our, our friend Brian on today. Because that we wanted, uh, I should mention that Brian's a film major. He knows a lot about films. He had a film podcast, <laughs> which is a great podcast. You go check it out for film's sake. Yeah, it's still in, still in Spotify, so keep it up. It's for film's sake. Yeah, I'll link in the description yeah. below for you, dude. <clears throat> look nice. out for uh, Shin Godzilla. I'm on that episode. Don't look at that episode. <laughs> I recommend it. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Um, he walked up to me and school, but I like, wanted offended. To, Brian, I wanted to ask yeah. you. Uh, so where do you see like the future of films going right now with the pandemic and then them like we not being able to go to the theater, watch movies and all this stuff and are do you think like the theaters are going to die out and it's gonna be all streaming now? So that's that's a great question to look at sort of like just the state of film right now is the pandemic. I think it's really fascinating. I don't think that the theater experience is going to die out at all. Um, it's going to come back eventually uh, in a way that's that's not unlike what we had before the pandemic. What is going to be different, I think, is that we are now going to be able to justify releasing things to streaming a lot quicker. And in some way circumventing like the theater experience Um, because production companies and distribution companies are realizing that technology like streaming technology now has the capacity to deliver something that's comparable to like the theater experience Um, by method of like, and I guess by that I'm saying is that there's not going to be like the movie comes out in theater like March 5th. And then in April 25th, we get it out on DVD. You know, I think that we're the way that I see it, we're going through a more like fast paced streaming distribution, even if the film does come out in theater. But also independent films are potentially going to see a lot more access into the streaming platforms rather than looking at the traditional distribution method, which has been oversaturated by big studios like Disney and and well, Disney and Marvel are the same thing now, but 
what I think we're going to see is independent movies and independent filmmakers are going to start jumping at the opportunities to be on streaming platforms a lot more and maybe stop seeking that independent theater distribution because it is a lot more expensive and a lot more difficult to get than like let's say a deal with Netflix or a deal with Amazon um so I as far as like the theater experience dying no I don't think so I think that once I mean they make so much money like Infinity Wars made a billion dollars in revenue and like in its runtime you know not Infinity like War. three days Endgame. I believe so, so. yeah Endgame made a one billion dollars in like its 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 opening weekend almost pretty much, and in its drum time it it made back its budget in its opening weekend, and it made over a billion dollars during the entire like seven month run that it was in theaters because it was in theater for so long. Yeah, um, I mean, like I mo- I think most people saw it twice. It didn't yeah. re didn't re release it months later, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. a, a month or something. Took it off the so market I think so it could beat Avatar. Yeah, but it never did. If I'm not mistaken. Really, it, it never, never did. It, it never did. I thought no. it did. I thought it did beat up. It was super close, but it didn't hit a two billion buck or something. Yeah, yeah. I think Tay might be right about that. But the, we're we're in a state in the industry that theater distribution is kind of dominated by whoever has the most money, and that right now is Disney and Marvel, specifically like the Marvel franchises. You know, I wrote an article about this. Yeah. Uh, in Medium not too long ago, about uh, the article's talking about like pretentiousness in film. But half of the article is like, why are independent movies not allowed the same space as these big studio movies? And it's because when Endgame releases or when Infinity War releases, 50% of the screen real estate is devoted to those releases. Um, so I guess my answer is, no, the theater experience is not going to die out. But we are going to see, once the pandemic is over, is that the big studios are going to invest a lot of money into getting, into getting the traditional theater experience back. Because you know, it's hard. go ahead. Not to cut you off. Uh, Scorsese's recent film wasn't it a theater release too? The Irishman. The Irishman yeah. only got a one day theater release, but he did oh, that one so day. that it would be. But he did that so he would be considered uh, an Academy Award can- candidate. Yeah. So as it stands right now, the Academy doesn't recognize films that were released that didn't have a theater release. So in order to be nominated for an Academy Award, you have to have a theater distribution release. So Scorsese put Irishman for one day limited release so that it would cons- it would be considered for the Oscars. Yeah, Jordan told me this yesterday, and they're like, that's so stupid in my opinion. And that's so yeah. bizarre. There is a there is a camp of purists in there in like the filmmaking world that think that because something is being delivered straight into your home or through a seeming platform that it's not that you're losing something from the final product. And uh, Steven Spielberg is one of them. Steven Spielberg hates the idea of like recognizing Netflix originals or Netflix streaming films uh, as like a ca- potential Academy Award winners. And it's for me, it just stems out of pretentiousness. People are just being dicks about the whole thing. It kind of reminds me how indie games compared to AAA games. People think they're worse because they're in lower budget, but what qualify those games are just the gameplay itself, not the budget. And some people right. view games that way too with indie games. And yeah, and sounds kind of similar to that. <clears throat> and and with films, like the the same thing happens. Like the independent film market versus like the mainstream. I don't want to say mainstream makes me sound like a film hipster, um, but like the you know the big budget hundred and fifty million dollar movies. Yeah, that are being produced have 
is that their marketing is their ability to market themselves is so wildly disproportionate to the ability that independent filmmakers have to market themselves. So if anything, as a result of this pandemic, we are going to see more independent filmmakers or independent film production companies embracing streaming and maybe shying away from the traditional theater structure, except for when they want to get releases an Oscar, maybe they do a limited release or something like that. But so yeah, this is what I wanted to bring up about that before we get too far away from it is um, the, Nolan uh, keeps delaying Tenet because he wants to release it for theater. And and then I was thinking that it was because of he wants it to be nominated for an Oscar. I would totally believe that because Nolan, Nolan is one of those directors that like his skill set is incredibly, incredibly Oscar bait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah and, I I can totally see. Yeah, definitely. Just like it's everything. Every shot is cinematic. Every you know every um scene has to have like deep dialogue or like you know meaningful dialogue or something it's not nothing is thrown away yeah nothing is thrown away and he's he's a nolan at the heart of it nolan nolan is an interesting case because he's a he's someone that started as a very low budget filmmaker yeah that suddenly found his way working with like 60 million dollars 70 million dollars 200 million dollar budgets and Tenet is probably being delayed. First of all, Nolan is a film purist. He really does believe in the capacity. Like in he, I think he shoots film. I don't think he shoots digital even. Um, Jesus, so, he's as authentic as possible. Yeah, well, yeah. And, and I have and I have issue with the authenticity of like this film purist. Like film is nothing to be pure. I mean, it's less than two hundred years old. Like technology has grown so far. There's nothing that digital can do that film can do and vice versa it's just a matter of doing the math or doing the process to get the look that you want but people like nolan are, are in my opinion actively hurting the industry when they become gatekeepers of what is considered a film so i'm glad and, you brought that up so like you know i'm a huge marvel fan and all this stuff and you know about like film twitter yeah and so i'm I like i i'm not i'm not i'm a i'm not a film buff i don't know him much into film. I'm not gonna act like I do, but I watch these blockbuster movies in theaters, like Marvel movies and Star Wars or something, Godzilla. But to see like, why do like, uh, some people consider like, uh, for example, the problems in the Marvel films are not considered film. Why is that? So it's uh, there is the it started. It's really fascinating because Martin Scorsese. Uh, said that their Marvel movies were not cinema. That was like the exact quote. Like they're movies yeah. and they're entertainment, but they're not cinema. Pop, and, popcorn films. Yeah, yeah, they're popcorn films. They're not. I like the Marvel movies. I enjoy a lot of the Marvel films that come out. However, I am on, Scor- on Scorsese side that they are not cinema. Um, and I think that that is because they don't tell they don't tell particularly complex stories They don't deviate away from the formula of conventional structure. Mm. Um, so like what, uh, black Panther and Thor Ragnarok are the exact same film structurally. Uh, Thor and black Panther get the sound from their kingdoms. They have to find who they are, find their own values intrinsically, and then come back to their kingdoms in an attempt to reclaim them. 
And then at the end, Thor sacrifices his kingdom to find another one. And Black and uh, what the fuck is his name? T'Challa. Um, T'Challa. T'Challa. Uh, T'Challa opens the borders, therefore destroying the culture that was born in Wakanda. So they're both kings that get disowned, have to learn a lesson about their own morality, come back to their kingdoms to save it, and end up sacrificing what was their home world as it was when they knew it. So it's the same film structurally. The only difference is the presentation. You know, Thor Ragnarok, the characters and the genre of film that they are, Thor Ragnarok is more of a comedy, while uh, Black Panther is more of a traditional action film um, or like an action thriller. So when I think someone like Torsese says that a film isn't cinema, it's that it's not tackling any complex human emotion. It's not telling a story that has any lasting effect. You know, like if Tony Stark, th this has always been my gripe with the Marvel movies. Tony Stark has a great to storytelling potential that I feel is not utilized with his PTSD and yeah. what happened between Iron Man 1 and Avengers 1. Yeah. And so... If the film had decided to stray away from the conventionally attractive that would draw in the masses, I would have explored how someone with Tony's trauma would have reacted after Age of Ultron, then we would have had a much more rich, compelling story. But instead, we get a character whose main motivation is getting rid of his own guilt of being a weapon seller, and then after that, creating the thing that could have destroyed more people than it could have saved, namely in Age of Ultron. So he sacrifices himself at the end of End War to kind of make up for that guilt, but there's no exploration of what that trauma did to him as a character, not in a can different I, way. Can I argue that? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you absolutely uh, can. So you know, like Iron Man one, two Avengers one, he he that's where his PTSD started. Mm -hmm. Iron Man three tried to try to show you that, and it did like briefly. Yeah, but I was I was about to say the same thing. It's like Iron Man three does touch on that but if iron man 3 was actually a good movie it probably would have like hit it out of the park if they but, actually nailed it like with his ptsd i always go to like civil war after the incident like when the, the beginning scene where the, the explosion happens and tony sees it like he just messed up he right. killed like this woman came to him about his her son dying and does that like kind of structurally tie in with this is his ptsd and like he must do something he thinks is right so he doesn't cause a mistake again so yeah and and the thing is like the the this is what's so frustrating about the marvel universe when it comes to that kind of stuff yeah it's always so close to being so good with its characters but never quite getting there so iron man one two and three are my favorite of the the entire situation of of marvel movies mm -hmm. namely because they are so close to the character of tony stark and they want to explore those things they want to explore the darkness that lies with the guilt that he's feeling about his actions as iron man but it's when we get into avengers the avenger films are really what knocked that out for me because that's when joss whedon starts taking care of the scripts and I love Joss Whedon as a writer, but he does this thing. He, the, the way that he introduces comedy undermines all of the dramatic plot points of the film. Yeah, that's a big because, problem with Marvel films for some people, how they can't balance their emotions correctly or something like that. Yeah. I can and, see I mean, the argument with that, yeah. You can have a, a very dramatic moment. Like if the moment where Tony starts seeing the visions for 
like when all the uh, the Avengers are dead with the yeah. aliens, that vision that he had. Yeah. Uh, and that's why he wanted to. He's that's why he started to build Ultron and like, yeah. thinking of that whole concept. Um, if that wasn't so undercut dramatically by how smartass Tony is and how much of a joke he has to deliver like every 10 seconds and make a punchline about their current situation, <laughs> then that could have had a huge dramatic impact because that has the potential to communicate something about that character. He is what worried. Is, what is that meme where that dude's like sitting at his desk and he has like that big vein coming down his forehead? Try and it's like in. when you're like trying not to make a joke every 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny. Like that stuff, well, I understand the problem and the criticism, it never really bothered me. Mm-hmm. But when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, when did that really, because that wasn't in, did it start with Avengers 1 when they start doing that and then it's never stopped? Because yeah. Iron Man 1 to like, what was the last MCU, uh, Captain America 1, the, the, the like, majority of Phase 1, they weren't really like that till like Avengers and onwards. They weren't, and I can t- and it mm. started with Avengers, mainly because, again. Because of Joss Whedon. Because of Joss Whedon. Successful. Joss Whedon is a f- yeah. fantastic writer. Yeah. But he undermines his own dramatic emotion and but avengers was also one of the best received movies of the marvel cinema Mm -hmm. so even when joss whedon wasn't writing the films now the tone was established because we were all leading up to avengers and then avengers had that tone so everything that you did after that kind of gets polluted with that same tone because you want tonal consistency across films Mm -hmm. yeah i think when joss whedon took over for the avengers i think his kind of vision, what he wanted to make was like a more comic. It's a comic uh, movie. I guess true. Yeah, it's truer to the comic. And I mean, it didn't really. That's probably good for like, you know, like comic fans, but for like movie going fans and trying to establish like this, like, you know, you want to have layers to the film and stuff. It's not. It's probably like kind of shallow. Yeah. In that well, sense. the thing is that and, and this is this is where the the concept of knowing what you are comes from. Because if I know that a Marvel movie is going to be kind of silly, punchy action, kind of schlocky, comic book type action, and I go see it and I enjoy that, that is a successful movie. Yeah. That is, but the the thing is that Avengers, after Avengers, they still want to ground themselves in this kind of gritty, realistic manner but still have all of the comedy moments of the comic books. And so, like, you, you're you grounded in reality, but you're also deviating the rules from reality by undercutting all of the dramatic tension between characters and making a joke every 10 seconds. Whereas in real life, if Tony Stark was upset about something, he wouldn't in the next scene be immediately okay. You know, he wouldn't make a joke about that. He would deflect something. There's no dramatic consistency in the marvel movies post avengers one um and that's my biggest problem with the film that's not what makes them not cinema what i think makes them not cinema for me is that they are made for mass market appeal Mm -hmm. so the avengers movie or the marvel movies in general are, are not trying to say anything they're not trying to come at you with a theme they're not trying to come at you with something just here watch this just yeah. enjoy it, you know. Just watch all these characters punch something flashy and have conflict and then have that conflict be resolved. It's a little clean. It's a little too clean. And you know, so, it's, it's fascinating as, as these movies progress, they're becoming more comic book than ever. And 
what we're seeing now is like later what comic books are too. Like one issue, Superman's depressed. The next issue, Superman's like fighting like God right. or something. Next issue, he's doing whatever. And there's like issues from back to back with the same continuity. And and, and that becomes yeah. a problem because you're not really exploring a character's state of mind. You're not really exploring the consequences of a character's actions. You're not exploring anything that goes beyond the superficial layer of him punching something and then the, the, the layer below that of him reacting to him punching something. Everything, everything is all just very flat on the surface. Flat. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sucks because Tony Stark's PTSD or Captain America's disillusionment with the government or Thor's struggle with identity all are incredible, amazing themes that could be explored to show... You know, like no matter how good you are or how strong you are, these mental struggles are always going to be there and they're always going to be part of a person's life. And you could have taken a unique twist to that, particularly with Captain America, who's a really patriotic character who saw the fall of his government, saw the government be corrupt and then be destroyed in front of his eyes. The one thing that he cared about and he just reacts by never running. Yeah, by running from the law, but his views never really change. He He's just the best Superman film of all time. <laughs> best <laughs> Superman film on film, in my opinion. Uh, Captain America. Yeah, Damn. currently. I can his, see that. His views never changed, and he just the world around him changed, but he never changed. Right. Yeah. You, yeah. You know, like if I, if I want to play devil devil's advocate on this. Um, there are some great uh, comic book movies. I probably I wouldn't say like a bunch of them, but there. I mean, Logan is by far probably the best comic book movie. Dude, Logan is an amazing comic book film. You know, like see, that's so funny. Like, like lo- if you do like, um, sorry to cut you off. Yeah. But like Logan, uh, I just want to say like Logan and then the Joker. But I would I would argue like Joker isn't really even a comic book movie. More or less, it's a mo- good movie. With just a comic book character slapped on top of it. See, I was going to say for Logan as well. I love Logan. It's an amazing film, but it's nothing like the comic at all. There's similar no. themes, but it's nothing like the comic. But yeah. Logan is... So, sorry, I agree with you. I think that there are good movies that have the comic book elements attached to them. But yeah. that is what makes them good comic book movies. Mm. Because they're they're exploring the themes... Logan, the comic book, and Logan, the old man, Logan uh, issues, explore the same theme. What happens when the world that you lived in as a superhero outgrows you? Yeah. That's the thematic of those things. And the comic book explores that in an apocalyptic fashion with all of the superheroes dead and Logan doing one last mission. And so that's one way to explore that theme. You see how the world... The world, na- the world as a natural conclusion has ended because the superheroes essentially ended it. But then in Logan, we see, the movie, we see a world where humans outgrew superheroes. The, the mutants, yeah. The mutants. There's no need for them anymore. They haven't shown up. Uh, most of them are dead. And it's a Western. And Westerns typically have the theme of the wild outlaw that has no place either in wilderness, in the outlaw world, or in the civilized world. And that is exactly what Logan is exploring. Logan is exploring a man who was consumed by anger and the brutality of the world, living in a world that no longer needs that or opposed those values at all. So he's caught in the limbo 
of being the outlaw and being civilized and dancing that you know, identity. That's a, that's a great way to put that movie. Cause like I, I, I now that you said it, it, it is like a Western. Yeah. It was marked as a Western it actually. Really good perspective. Like how you, how I view that movie now. You yeah. know, like with, with Joker, <clears throat> when it was releasing, you know, all the, the, the outrage and stuff was going on with it. Um, who was the director for Joker? I forgot the director's Todd, name. Uh, Todd, Todd Phillips. Phillips yeah. Todd Phillips. It was a, it was a little, I guess, interview he did where like, uh, like Joker's a comic book character. Everyone should know that. But he was like, he's afraid to admit that was a comic book character. And he didn't want him, his film to be a comic book movie. Right. And, and man, there's a lot of stigma. Like if I got, if I got hired to adapt a comic book script, yeah. Like, do you have so much expectations going against you when you're directing that film? It's no surprise that we get movies like Joker or we get movies like Logan, where you're you're taking the themes, but you're not taking what happened in the film. And and that's the medium is inherently different. Like comic books can be wild and they can be crazy. Yeah, they can. Yeah, they can. And, <clears throat> and and we have this established language with them where like one issue or one uh set of issues are occurring in one continuity while another set of issues occur in another continuity. But we don't grant movies the same value. We don't grant movies the same leeway. If a movie is released, like the Spider-Man movies, there's three different continuities for Spider-Man movies right now. It's and <laughs> people throw a fucking tantrum every time they have to talk about that because they can't let one movie exist without having to call back on the other ones as being the true Spider-Man film. But yeah. we don't see that in the comics. In the comics, there's like what? How many versions of fucking Spidey are there? Countless. Yeah. Yeah. So it's go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, my bad. I off. No, I was I was just gonna finish that thought. It's like it's, it's like film as a medium gets constrained by fan expectation and what should be acceptable for fandoms because they want something and they feel entitled to that thing. And then mm -hmm. studios, the people that are funding these movies, don't want to lose their money. So they accommodate all of these films to match that expectations as best as they can. So you end up with the Whedon Avengers and everything post that, which is a version of the comic book movies that could be very fascinating if it wasn't undercutting itself at every turn because they're too afraid to commit to an emotional tone. That's and, what I was going to say. Like, uh, like, for me personally... Like, what I want from a comic book movie is like that core character is still there, but you can do whatever you want with the script, mm -hmm. but just at least keep those core characters' values and what he does or he she does and what they represent. Keep that, but do literally anything you want with the story. Yeah, like the idea, yeah. like keep the idea and spirit of that yeah. character. Yeah, like that's my and then, and and then take those spirits and ideas and take it down a, like a path that they've never walked before, or something like that. No, I mean, like, see, I'm, I'm literally making fun of Man of Steel right now or Batman v Superman. Yeah, those uh, are bad uh, comic book films. In the for, sense for of how reason. they portray their characters, but the, the stories are quote-unquote original, but I just don't like the presentation of those characters. Like, for something like Logan's a good example. It's still, that's still Wolverine to me from the comic books in some form. Not exactly 100%, but that's still Wolverine I see. But the story around him is different, which makes a good movie. But, like, something like Hypothetically, they make like, for example, like, let's make a, like a Batman movie where he just straight up kills people. That's out of his <laughs> character. That wouldn't that wouldn't be Batman to me. Yeah. Like, it, it just 
This is. I think they did like better explaining that world of like why he does this and what and what really they should have they should have never did the fucking reverse of having a Batman v uh, Superman movie before having their own like lead up movies. Like I think if because it seems like Batman probably had a mental break watching like Robin die That's and what it was. just went overboard and then started fucking strangling people. The movie spends like maybe two seconds of him like, you know, being in that, you know, seeing that. But we really don't get an explanation on why he's like that and why he's killing it. And it's just... Well, because he's aged and he's experienced the stupid trauma. He went through his journey as Batman. But the thing is, if Batman's doing that, why do certain characters exist? He's not even Batman anymore at that point. He's Punisher. He's just straight up <laughs> murking gods. He's branding dudes in jail. It's like, why do you even call him Batman anymore if he's doing that? Then Batman's personally, his little one, his character traits, he doesn't use a gun. He doesn't kill. Because if he kills, he would keep going through that path. Yeah. He won't stop. Um, so why do Batman exist? <laughs> like, it's just like, like I'm saying, like, you can do literally any story you want. Just keep that character the same as I want from well, similar. I wouldn't say same, but that's not possible. But yeah. keep it close enough to the comic book version. Well, the, some films yeah, don't do spirit. that. Yeah, the spirit. Sometimes I don't see with, that. Especially with something that's like as emblematic of uh, of a culture as like superheroes, um, because superheroes originally they were kind of meant to symbolize something that some sort of value. Like Superman was like the the goodest of men that there could yeah. be but he was an alien but now when you take that away from superman then you're sacrificing what the character means for the people that love the characters and therefore you potentially have a bad superhero movie um but what makes them it, sorry go ahead uh, uh sorry to interrupt mm-hmm. uh I was, I was just gonna say that it seemed like what they were when they were doing the the whole like um justice league themes and stuff it, it seemed like they wanted to take a realistic take and a gritty take on their world. Cause I, I did enjoy like the Superman themes mm-hmm. of his story. It was like, what happens when there is a literal God on earth and how people view that God, like how people were worshiping him as a religious idol. And then I like the shots where they're like, you know, Superman is like going through the crowd of like all the people and they all want to touch him and stuff. I love, I love stuff like that. Right. It's just the overall execution of it was just bad, but those themes are great. Right. What happens when Batman does break down and he does go on, he doesn't care. He's, he's a vigilante at this point. And what happens when Superman is treated like a God? How does that view affect him? It kind of warps their um, character but in a, it's taking a more realistic tone of what would happen if this actually was real life. Well, that's a that thing. requires Somebody's a lot of real... setup. So, uh, sorry, go, go ahead, ahead Ryan. Yeah. No, I was going to say, like, like specifically the Nolan films, it's realistic Batman. It's already established. Yeah. And it's easy to do it with Batman, in a sense. Right. But if yeah. you try to make a realistic Superman movie, that's literally impossible. Well, that's what that's what's mm-hmm. great about the the whole goddess aspect of it. That's like that that would be the realistic is like this. I mean, he is God. I mean, in a he sense, do whatever you, he wants. You yeah. can't though. He's still Superman. He's still this cartoony character, even though you're trying to make him realistic. Right. So the the thing to do. Mm-hmm. So and and this is all about setup. And this is why the DC movies fundamentally failed compared to the Marvel movies. 
the DC movies had not spent enough time setting up the rules for their universe and then broke right. those rules almost immediately. So, like, <laughs> if, if you... Let's say Superman is a god among men and you want to explore that... You want to explore the timeline of what happened when Superman loses his shit, you know? And yeah. that is a, a, a story that is worth exploring because essentially the theme is there... The thing that's going on there, what happens when the most powerful thing in the world is right in your backyard and he's against you? How do you stop that? That is man versus nature as a structure. And like this is script writing talk, but now the concept becomes man against a force of nature that they cannot control. How do they overcome that? That is the conflict of the story. It's not Superman's internal conflict on when he went crazy. You would have to make that film as an antagonistic force going against Superman after Superman has lost his shit. But in order to justify Superman going crazy, you have to set up an event that is worthy of making Superman go crazy. You can't just have Superman, you know, lose his mind for no reason. He needs a trauma. He needs a trigger point. He needs a, he ne he needs a, a, a catalyst for that to happen. So, Let's say Lois, let's say Lois gets killed or uh, what was it? Like so in, Injustice. Injustice, really. yeah. That's yeah. exactly what I was thinking of. Injustice yeah. is a great setup for Superman going evil because yeah. it gives him a setup to like, this is the Superman that we knew. This is what happened. This is how his mind got warped. And this is now us against the strongest being in the universe. Yeah. So what the DC movies did not do was establish the rules of what Superman was correctly in the beginning man of steel was a very bad movie um i and not because it looked good it was well shot but thematically yeah. what is it saying it's saying nothing about superman you know it's just people with super with superpowers fight each other um and that's what to wrap it all around to a central point that what that that is what makes superhero movies Tending, what's that's what tends to make superhero movies operate outside the realm of cinema as an exploration of character and emotion. They always reset back to a status quo, and their actions in the film don't have any dramatic effect because it's reset by the next joke that happens in the film. Yeah, that's like comic books too. Like character dies, ten issues later he comes back, status quo and whatever. Right. There's yeah. no risk-taking. That is my biggest yeah. gripe with the Marvel movies. There's no risk-taking post-Avengers 1. Iron Man 1, 2, 3 were amazing. Thor 1 was fantastic. Um, was there another movie that came out during the... Before Fate? What about Winter Soldier? You like Winter Soldier? I love Winter Soldier. And, and Winter mm -hmm. Soldier, I like it because it's... An, what Captain America, the most patriotic man, is now faced with his best friend who is the opposite of him. And yeah. so now Captain America has to fight against the side of himself that wants to protect Bucky, but also regaining his retaining his identity as Captain America. That's a fascinating yeah. concept. That's a great internal emotional conflict. But it goes out the window when Captain America comes back to the next film and acts like nothing happened. And so You know so, like leading on to that like more of the business side of things, like not they like people like us who like read the news and stuff about these movies and that stuff leading up to it like you know how they announced like the, the lineup for the phase three or four i can remember yeah before like infinity war came out so we knew spider-man's gonna come back or something right even though after the dramatic snap mm -hmm. 
you can see like these movies are more like more of a like you said like a um, what's the word you said it like a it's like cookie uh cookie cutter not that like more like they just like product you just gotta watch there's no they're not what he said about cinema they're literally what he just said about that host yeah, thing yeah, yeah. There. they're not yeah. they're they're not exploring any dramatic content they're not making dangerous yeah. choices they're just releasing shit that has characters that you like fighting each other right it feels more business pretty much sense. it's like they're not trying to win an oscar with this film they're yeah. just trying to make money i mean that's what these things do they just print money yeah and that's yeah. the whole point of like it's almost like it's a safe investment it's, for yeah. studios to put into these movies it's absolutely what that is with the amount of money sorry Tay, i'll let you talk in a second but with the amount of money no, that good. they made uh endgame or even the cheapest Marvel movie, like with the amount of money that I could have made Iron Man 1, mm. which I think the budget for that is like, what, a couple tens of millions of dollars, maybe like a hundred million. Not sure. Yeah. Um, I'll look it up in a second. But with the amount of money that they could, they, they used to make even Iron Man 1, they could have made fucking 700 small to mid-budget films. You know, like you could make at least 10, 700 is a large number, but... Let's take the 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 Infinity or the Endgame um, budget, which I believe was 150 million dollars. Uh, even if you divide that, and you give one million dollars to 150 films, you have 150 investments there that could potentially give you a much more reward and return on investment. If you have 150 films and 50 of those films make four times your budget. You know, now you have four franchises that could potentially make you even more money in the future. But you didn't invest in those films. You invested in the same in the safe thing because it brought over yeah. two million dollars. Um, so the I economy. Think what, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's so like I remember like when Deadpool one was coming out, they were making a big deal how small budget, but it made a lot turn. Yeah. Something like. That. And that's because that's because and this is this is where ha we're having a return and this is why I think to bring it all around in a neat package to answer your question, this is why I think the theater system will not die. It's because yeah. when you have the amount of big studios that you have involved in the financial backing of these films, um, there's no possible way that they're going to allow that to happen because these are cash cows for them. They are the ones that push the distribution. They're the ones that make the film, the one that market the film. And they're the one that buy up to 50% to 75% of screen time real estate for them to show those films. They print money with them. They will not let them die. But what is going to happen is that while the theater experiences get full of the, the big studio movie, the independent streamers are going to move into streaming platforms and the big studio system that we had back in the fifties is going to come back and it is coming back. We've seen it in action for about eight or nine years now where like the 1950s and the 1960s were dominated by two or three big studios making films. And then in the 1970s, we had the golden age of directors, which is where people like Tarantino, Scorsese, um, uh, all of the other great ones that are from the seventies and eighties, came out and they started gaining control of the system. They started making their art. They were independent filmmakers and now they controlled it. And now we're returning back into the 1950s big studio environment, except now it's Marvel and Disney that are dominating these things. And so Marvel and Disney are going to make sure that the theaters don't die so that they can keep showing their product and charge you 10 times a ticket or like 10 bucks a ticket every single time. 
I don't know about Disney though, because I mean, it it's they can kind of just hook, line, and sinker you with their streaming service because it's way more probably fruitful for, to have you paying fifteen dollars a month twelve times out of the year. And then on top of that, which actually leads me into my second topic of the kind of wait is before you get on, I was going to ask like, uh, it's going to lead to that too, but, um, yeah, what's fascinating with the Marvel Disney thing and sentiment in general is like, do you think, uh, so directly Marvel Disney is kind of keeping the, 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 their, the system alive in a sense, but like, is it harder for like anyone else other than them to market well or something or get that audience or something um it's not if that make any sense well yes and here's the reason why it's about marketing budgets right so yeah marvel i mean endgame had a 150 million dollar budget and their marketing budget was almost the same amount as their production budget right so they are making sure that whenever you think about going to the cinema or theater to watch a film that you are thinking about their film because mm-hmm. their films are bombarded to you through YouTube, through billboards, through signage, through toy stores, through marketing deals with restaurants, through all of that shit. They have made sure that when you think of technology in, in cinema, you think of Tony Stark. Or when you see a star, you think of Captain America. They make sure that these icons are so ingrained in culture that become so ubiquitous that when you go to see a film, if you see Hereditary on the, on the matinee, and then you see Avengers, you're more likely to go for Avengers because you know what to expect from Avengers, but you don't know what you're going to get with Hereditary. Hereditary. Because Hereditary had a minute budget compared to Avengers. And, and in order to show, it needed to fight with movies like the Marvel Studio. It needed to fight. That's what I'm saying. Like all these companies have to like fight against these big budget blockbusters like that. Yeah. And it's like, it's hard for them. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, you've I've seen like movies that bomb just because of their their release date. If they release, and uh, like I, you probably I probably have seen like movies like change their release date just for the sake of to get away that if they rele- if anything was releasing the same week as Avengers Endgame, that movie probably did not do well just solely because there was a bigger there's a way bigger boat. Yeah, I mean, it got uh, the mouse had the Infinity Stones, who fucking snapped them out of existence. That's what it was. Um, it it it's, it sounds very cynical. It does. It sounds incredibly cynical and angry that someone whose goal is to make films to say that mass market movies like Marvel and Disney are doing are ruining cinema. I know it does, and they are not ruining it, but they are just taking control of the market in such an exhausting way that the resources for smaller filmmakers are dwindling every single day. Double-edged sword, really. Yeah. and Kind of like diluting the water a bit. Yeah, well, they're oversaturated in the market so that the only thing that you go see when you go into a big movie theater is these big blockbusters, you know? Like, there's, yeah. only, there's only two or three major media corporations, and they own all the other production corporations, you know? So it, it's not... It's like if you go see a Warner's Brothers film... Warner Brothers is owned by one of the biggest, like there's another stage beyond Warner Brothers that owns Warner Brothers and all of the other subsidiaries of it. 
and they all have to report to that one person and that person essentially controls the corporate structure of what gets produced and what doesn't so you end up with films that are looking the same sounding the same feeling the same and have no real identity of their own because the money that is funding all of these films come from the same two or three sources right yeah. and then that leads into yeah I go mean, ahead safe bets yeah. yeah go to your topic oh so uh what i wanted to say is like what what really brought up like one of these questions and this, and this happened just yesterday and this is a very interesting topic because I want to see how divided we all are on this or how in agreement we are on this. So Disney, uh, so uh, so since COVID-19 is going on, uh, a bunch of movies have been had, they've been delayed mm-hmm. and they're not being able to be released in theaters. And some companies have streaming service. So Disney, Disney has Disney Plus. Um, so Disney was supposed to have Mulan release I guess in September, September 4th, I think it's going to be releasing. But instead of releasing in theaters, it's going to be releasing on Disney+. Plus. Right. That's fine. And that would make sense because, you know, you put a big name movie on there that people want to see on your streaming platform. You get people to sign up and then boom, there you have someone hook, line, sinker for like $15 a month right. or whatever. Disney has, it, I, they're pretty much what I can see what they're doing they are sticking their toe in the water. They're seeing how many people are going to bite to do this, but they are charging a th- an additional $30 to rent Mulan on their streaming platform. So you have to pay $15 to get in to see, or just to get onto the platform. And then after that $15, it's an additional $30 behind a paywall to watch Mulan to rent it. Hey, Disney? Absolutely fucking not. Absolutely not. Stop. Yeah. And <laughs> when when I when I saw that, I was like, that I can kinda get behind the renting of it if it was like through like Fandango. So Fandango, I, I use Fandango. Mm-hmm. It it just you're just renting movies. And if you want to move the theater experience, if you have a nice setup, so if you do have like a big TV and I do have a big TV, and if you do have surround sounds and shit like that, it, it's not that bad. Like, you can just rent a movie that, that was supposed to come out in theaters. Well, you can rent it, and, it, and if it's $30, then that's like, if, you, if two people are watching it, that's $15 per person. Or if you really want to get into, like, the nitty-gritty of it, you can just have, like, you know, all your mates come over, and then there's five of you, and then it's and everyone ch- chips in, and it's way cheaper than that. And then everyone can be fucking off on their phone, you know, jerking it under the covers and shit to the movie. And then you're not going to get kicked out of the house because it's not a movie theater. Right. Um, no, it. Yeah, I saw this and someone trying to, they reply and may happen to Black Widow too. And for me personally, I'm not against it, but I'd rather be cheaper than $30. I think $30 is too expensive for that. I'm fine with at least 15 to $20. It's so, a ticket to me. Here's the but thing. I understand the criticism of that though. Here's the thing, Tay. Yeah. $30 for a rental? Like, I'm I'm not against the, the, the concept of renting. I rent movies digitally yeah. all the time. That is fine. I'm with Tay on that one. Uh, but just to solidify the thing that Tay just said, Blu-rays, the thing that you own and you carry back to your house and that has bonus features, documentaries about the film, all of that It's worth this shit, price. It's $30. Yeah. 
you can buy a Blu-ray of a film for the cost that Disney wants you to pay for renting one of their new releases. And I know that they have to make money because they spent X amount of money budgeting this film and they couldn't release it in the theaters. I know. I just want to say, like, now I don't know if it's true or not, but apparently they're doing this because they weren't meant to be streaming the movies currently, right? Is that true? Yeah, well, these movies were slated for a theatrical release. Yeah. Uh, Does it have to do something with that? Uh, yeah, and, and my guess is, is like, if you make... My guess is the way that the corporate structure works. Like, if you make uh, a budget for streaming, like, products are going to go directly into streaming, like your Disney originals or your Netflix originals. And if you make a budget for your other content that's going to get a theatrical release, those are two very different pools of money. And they pulled a bunch of money from their one, mm. from their theatrical release pool, and then they couldn't release those movies out in the theatrical release. So they're trying to get their money out of get somewhere money else. Back. Yeah. So yeah, they've they've probably lost money in in towards like uh, TV marketing yeah. and stuff like that, which makes a lot of sense monetarily. But as a customer, yeah, as a customer, I'd say as a consumer, yeah. it's not as a really consumer. Good, yeah. yeah, it's fucking stupid. It's, absolutely, it's ridiculous. And people are pretty fucking mucked it, about it. I mean, like for me, I, they know I'm gonna. Like, I don't want to sound like a corporate bootlegger thing, but I'm going to watch that product. Bro. <laughs> that's the thing. I, love, I love I mean, that fucking word. I mean, I'm not going to lie about anything. I mean, I will watch the movie, and I'm part of the problem, maybe. And that, but, but, but that's it's the like, thing. But I do think the price is too extreme. I think $30 is ridiculous. Yeah. I think 30 So you're paying $30 for a, pretty much the time exclusive. I have to think you're how long paying, is the time period for this movie? Well... It, it depends. Like, you want to pay $30 to watch it day one or that first week, and then you wait, like, three months to get that DVD price or whatever. You Like, three months away, you get you get it. Uh, you can buy it for, like, 15 bucks. Here's here's how I would handle the release of that. And I think that it's, it's not because, like, they have analysts and they know that people are going to pay it, so I'm not pretending to know more than, like, the, the industry itself. But... $30 is asking a lot of the people that support your product. It's asking an insane amount of money for people that are going to watch this at home. And sure, you have the you have the 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 market you or the market case where 50 people are going to come over and or like 15 people are going to come over and watch the film at someone's house. And therefore, like the price tag makes sense if everybody pitches in like two bucks for it. Um, and that is mar- that is significantly cheaper. But mm-hmm. You can't expect to have a paywall of a product and then have another paywall within the paywalled product to watch more content. That, yeah. It just sounds and th- stupid. And that's, that's the part that that's where I have a problem is like, you mean I have to pay for Disney plus then I have to pay an additional just to rent. Like, and like I said, I was saying on Twitter the other day is like, I have to pay to pay. Yeah. And, and it's, 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 that's fucking absurd. And I don't know why, they think they can get away with that. But they know if, they are going to get away with it. That's the thing. Because I'm if people, one of the people. If people pay this, this is setting a bad precedent for what's to come. But from because what I they, heard. Damn well. And like when I saw, I was seeing like people on Twitter talking about Black Widow. And, and you know, it's funny because people don't really give a shit about Mulan. They think they know this movie's not going to be that great. Mm-hmm. But when people were saying, asking like about Black Widow, they were like, so what do they do as a Black Widow? 
and people were like kind of bootlicking about yeah i'd pay the i'm like no do not do that <laughs> do not let them keep doing this well that's the it. thing i'm gonna say this is a one-time thing it's not it, if they if people pay for it it's definitely not going to be a one-time thing they'll just keep doing that's it. that's it i don't think so. i don't think so because they have to get their money back somehow no but here's the thing now what is what is way cheaper in the in the in the COVID is over right and yeah. then you have a disney plus subscription and they shoot a black widow movie and they release it in theaters and then they say oh we release it in theaters but if you want to leave the theater you can rent it from us for 45 bucks and then now you have the film available to you and you can watch it at the comfort of your own house now they know that that business model worked because we paid for it when we were in COVID. And so now they're going to squeeze every money out of you. Here's people, and this is going to sound cynical, and I'm, I am pretty much an anti-capitalist when it comes to corporations. I hate the concept of corporations. I think they're dumb. And I think that they dominate our lives way too much. But corporations are not friendly. They will extort no, you out not. of every penny that you have. And That's if, what they care about. Yeah, and if they release Black Widow for thirty bucks, forty-five bucks, whatever, and you buy it, and they make their budget back, maybe the next Marvel movie doesn't have a theater release, and it goes straight to Disney Plus, and now it's sixty bucks. You know? I think they're not going to think that's not going to happen. I think they're going to want to put it in theater as much as possible. That's exactly. I mean, I get it, but that's yeah. exactly how microtransactions in video games started happening. You yeah, know, they snuck it in one game. People bought it. They put it in another game. People bought more things, and now they're as egregious as. Just, I mean, they're ubiquitous with bad business practice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's not, it pretty much. I mean, now yeah, because microtransactions is ingrained. But at least that uh, we hit a bubble where it did explode and they did knock it off because it was to a point where it was like pay to win. Right. But at least now that like after EA took all that shit and we had to finally take them to the court over like loot boxing, mm -hmm. uh, loot boxes, um, but, it's just now all microtransactions, which is, I mean, they're still riddled with it, but at least it's not like you're getting an advantage yeah. over it. It's not as bad, but the, the business model has switched from a, a product to a life service. A service, yeah. yeah. Game yeah, Pass and all that stuff. And, and so, like, sorry, go ahead, Tay. Regarding, like, the, the Black Widow thing, like, I, I do think $30 is ridiculous. That's insane. But, like, if it's, like, something like $10, even 15 I will willing to pay. Yeah. If it was 10 bucks, I'd absolutely uh, rent Black Widow. Yeah, same. Was, but, like... So, Let's say, let's say that it does. So it, it releases in theaters, for like you know whatever you're you're paying at your local theater for that price, and then it releases. So let's say it has a dual release. It does theater and then it does digital. Digital, it's thirty. Theater at the theater, it's whatever you're you're paying. Um, and they just do like the comfort from your home. Where I have a problem with it, it's just paying for a streaming service on top of trying to rent it. If it was doing it going through a third party like Fandango and then you could just and I'm just film. paying thirty dollars, that's fine. I don't give a shit if they're doing that. Because if I can still go to the theater and watch it, that's fine too. Mm -hmm. But if they're if they do like a an exclusive like let's say the next Avengers. Mm -hmm. If they're doing an exclusive on Disney Plus for 
$30 plus you have to pay to get into Disney Plus that you're essentially paying $45. Mm-hmm. That is no. And for we like, can, we cannot let them fucking do that. Yeah. Like uh That's a big no-no for me. I mean, theoretically if say COVID didn't happen, they did its release, it would be cheaper with Black Widow digital release than digital release, right? It should be cheaper to my knowledge. Um, so I'm going by something like more like a digital console, like a thing. They're they're calculating how many people's in a household to watch it, which would be like two people. That's why it is thirty dollars because they're because they're they're divi- the way they're dividing up is like fifteen dollars per ticket. You can negate that by having a bunch of your fucking bros come over and you know like. What about food and you know, stuff at theaters it, right. that adds onto the ticket but as well? They do. I mean, it is possible if people do buy into this, it is possible for them to keep cranking up that price. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the so concessions are entirely the profit market for concessions is in, goes entirely to the theater. Um, so that that statistic has no bearing on like the pricing of the tickets at all. Um, the ticket prices are distributed among the the distribution company and the production company. And the theater sees almost no money for the pricing of the tickets at all. Um, the I think the if AMC they get like probably like ten percent of every ticket sell, um, so they make a buck off of every ten dollar ticket. Um, so essentially they're cutting out the middleman, and they're saying like, "Fucking watch our movie for thirty bucks and don't have to leave your home," and they get all of the profit because it's on their service, you know. Hey. So um, so it. So how much money should they be charging? I, I think that if I have a membership to your streaming platform and you're releasing something in it, I should not have to pay for it. Right. And that's what I'm saying too. Like so, but let's say if it released on Fandango, how much do you think that they should charge just, for that day one release? Just a standard digital purchase, like 15 bucks. Like that seems pretty reasonable to me. And that's to is that to rent and own or is that just to rent that's it? to to rent it? I would pay thirty dollars to digitally own a film, and make sure that I can watch it whenever I want to watch it. I'm not a big digital film guy. I like having the DVDs of things because, right? And I and I'm the yeah. same way. Is like I'd prefer to have a Blu-ray of a of a movie. It just I just don't believe that once their servers knock over, that I'm still gonna have access to the thing that I paid for. Um, so I I feel like. If I have a Disney Plus membership, I'll pay you 15 bucks. Great. Anything that you put in that platform uh, should be free at that point. Who, est- who established that? Though? Who established that rule, though? That business model? Um, yeah. I mean, Netflix. Who said you, have to, who said you can't like pay well, here's like, the thing. a price tag for a premium movie or something? You absolutely can do that. You absolutely are more than welcome to. I just personally don't like that, don't like that business model because it's extortionist. Yeah. It's It's... Yeah, it's like extremely like. I mean, it's the same. It's just dirty. It's just. I mean, like, it's just asking way too much. But if you normalize it, then it's just fucking normal at a certain point, which is definitely what. It's kind of like, um, if you gave up your rights. So let's say like we gave our our amendment to like free speech. We just gave that up, and the government said like, oh, we'll give it back next year, but we'll just go a year without you know having free speech. Let's say a year comes back around, and we we ask like, "Hey, can we have free speech back?" And they're like, and the government's gonna be like, "What free speech? Shut up, move on." <laughs> it, it's essentially like that. So if you give in to like Disney, you say, "Okay, I'll pay thirty dollars once. Uh, come come next movie, it's gonna be forty. And you're like, 
And you know, they're like, come on, you horny fuck. We know you're going to pay for this. Yeah, I, I get that fear, but something tells me that's not going to happen. Because I think they're trying to get their money back, which is understandable as a co- company standable. But as a consumer, I understand why it's bad. Yeah. Like, say, like, if, like, everything goes back to normal next year, I don't think they're going to do this again unless they make an exclusive Marvel Studios film. What that's will what I'm be saying. Just don't $15. let them normalize it. I don't they're mean, that's what I'm make, saying. I like, get I don't like know. they're trying to make their money back with this. But if they if they see people are willing to pay, and if they are willing to pay, then there's a willing for profit, and True. they'll, they'll and they capitalize do want on it. Money, because marketing's mm. going to look at that as a like, hey, we can make a shit ton of money, and like, but if they do start doing that, theaters will hundred percent die, like if, a- because that will be like the start of it, and then it will trickle down, because if you notice that like, fucking TV's dead. It essentially we're what we're moving into, and I've and I've said this I don't know how many times on this podcast. Digital cable, but digital cable. Yeah. So it's gonna there's gonna be like everyone's gonna have a streaming service, and then there's gonna be companies to take four or five of those streaming services, bundle them together. You pay for one monthly fee, like eighty dollars a month, and then boom, you're back on cable, just internet. Yeah. No, I thought totally Brian, agree. are you? What you say? Are you in for like a digital streaming future at all? By any chance, I never really got your impression on that. Wait, say that one more time. Sorry. Are you into like a digital future of like film? I, I, I'm not a purist, but I'm not a, I'm not a futurist. You want to, you know, like both options. I like I like the merging of both worlds. I like the theater experience, and I like going out to see a film, but I also like the ability to be able to watch it digitally or go to my house and like stream something on Netflix and and do that. I think. I think what's going to happen is definitely standard films, like standard, you know, probably uh, theaters are going to die. But like, cause I, I mean, I don't do that. I don't even do that anymore. Now, like going to like an IMAX or a 4D where I can go sit down and I can feel my dick shake when something explodes. Uh, that's definitely worth going out to see. And I definitely cannot get that at home. So experiences like that is like, worth going out but like standard filming there's no point i mean, I could sit at home and get a better experience doing that see i, I mean to be honest go ahead Ty. like i got my own take on I, this. I i don't no nah, more like i just hope the movie is good i don't care about the general like overall imax experience or whatever i mean like some movies are shot to be meant in imax or whatever but like if i can watch this movie home i watch it home if the movie is good, that's the I'm looking yeah. at the story and whatever's going and, on, and and that's like the uh-huh. whole thing with Tenet is like Tenet. Christopher Nolan keeps saying, which I I swear to God, I'm pretty sure it's just for the Oscar, but he says like, no, you're meant to see this movie. In yeah, like I don't believe that at all. I don't care about that. I can watch it at home if I can. What's 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 so different about the theaters? I, I will say though, like with the Marvel movies, like shit like that, that is definitely something you need to watch in the theaters. I still disagree with that too. Like I don't care if I can watch it at home. And I don't care about the fan experience around me, or even though that's cool, I ride off your home if I have the option. That no, doesn't that doesn't show no, the quality no. of the overall film. At the for end, me. at the end of um, Infinity War, I, the, it, that was a almost religious experience to feel. Yeah, like this this the feel because it was so crazy because you could feel electricity in the air. Ah, uh, yeah, but what you does could, that do for you in the future though? That does us nothing. I mean, it's it's a, it's a, it was an amazing it, experience. It, it I want to disagree. A, a fucking great memory. Yeah, but like, I can get a great movie from watching this movie. <laughs> I mean, I mean it, like, it, that's like putting sprinkles on ice cream. It makes it better. But, it but is like, like, if I was watching yeah. something that was super Oscar baity, I actually I would prefer to watch it at home. 
See, here's the thing. Here's where I stand. Because I totally, I like literally, I agree with Tay a lot. I think that if a movie's good, where you watch it is going to be good. Like, it just doesn't matter. Um, but I do, and I, I disagree. If I want to watch it, I will be, very rarely pay for a Marvel movie. I'd rather watch it at home. But I will pay for Hereditary, and I will pay for Midsummer, and I'll pay for an A24 movie to watch that in theater. And that's the kind of experience that's not flashy or fucking, you know, extraneous in any way or glamorous in any way. They're just very quiet films. But I pay for yeah. those in the theater because I get to appreciate the... Those type of films? The, uh, not only that, but I, I, not only do I get to support them financially, but I get to see a large screen and appreciate all of the detail that the filmmaker went into the trouble of adding to the frame and noticing things that would be potentially too small on my home screen and and or for the sound design something that i would potentially miss so you're looking for a motor yeah it, technical it, does technical form it definitely it. depends yeah. on certain setups like if you have like stuff like that yeah um, I mean, like, like Joker I, was amazing. I don't have IMAX. like an IMAX setup in my home, so that's why I prefer if I wanted to watch an action movie. Like, I, I kind of swore this off like, a couple years ago. Is like, if I go to watch an action movie, I'm I'm gonna watch an IMAX because I know I'm gonna get my ears blown out by the, the speakers. I think IMAX is bullshit. So to counter that, what if you watch that movie again at your home? Is that same experience still at home? The overall quality of that film? No, I mean I can't feel my dick shaking my pants. So that's what I'm saying. You're relying on a the, the legit dead experience to justify that film's quality. I mean, I think it heightens it. I think I don't get the I don't get a full ride out of it. Now, on the like perspective, um, let's say like I was watching Joker at home. Yeah. Or I was, or let's say Hereditary, because I love Hereditary. Um, Hereditary, I'm glad I watched it in my own house because a that's a horror movie. I, I think a lot of like I think stuff like that can be it's. I, you don't need like huge speakers and you don't need like a huge TV. You just you're kind of you're trying to concentrate on what's going on in the story and you're trying to understand the vibe and everything. And if some dickhead is in front of you on their phone and their glare is coming up. And you can't concentrate on like the you know the key aspects of that story because that's what's important. That's like what makes it nice is because there's no one bothering you at home. You can be locked away in your room for you know for that entire experience and and have your mind fully on that screen. I think that in movie theaters now like on the other hand you do like an action movie. Some dickhead's on his phone doesn't fucking matter. I'm getting my shit rocked by this big speaker right next to me. <laughs> You know what? I, I I really understand the value of everything. I am, I am right in the middle of like film purists, like go see the theater experience and buy it at home. At the end of the day, I believe that wherever you watch a movie and wherever you're comfortable watching the movie and you have a good experience, fucking do that. Just yeah. don't pay thirty yeah. bucks after paying fifteen for a streaming service. That's <laughs> that's the only thing. It's like thirty bucks is ridiculous. Watch the movie like, wherever the on, fuck guys. you want, but if you're gonna pay thirty bucks, yeah. buy the fucking thing. Don't rent it. It truly, truly, it's it's in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like if you, it just depends on what kind of person you are. I mean, some people can have religious experiences watching a Marvel movie or watching like a uh, Oscar bait movie, yeah. and so. 
It, 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 it literally just depends on the person. It is completely insane to me that we have let the market turn into this sort of Marvel Studio Disney conglomerate. I mean, that fucking mouse owns everything that we watch in media. Yeah, it is It is literally yeah. got a rope around everybody's neck. It is neck. a content monopoly that's happening with, with Disney. And as long as the content is good, that generally doesn't matter. But my problem is that that will eventually bottleneck the kind of content that we're seeing. It's going to... Yeah, I did. Push yeah, everything I, I, out. we're gonna see one thing, and that's a problem. I kind of like agree with that to some degree. Like you say, like quality, like you know, like the Marvel success stuff, the the universe formula everyone's trying to do now. Yeah. And then, like, I see like these other companies try to do it, and it's like you don't have to do this, yeah, because they did Just it. Make a movie. And it's like they DC use a good example, and they kind of shine away from it. Or remember the. The, what is the monsters universe that failed? Yeah. They, they tried to do it. Dark, like it, dark universe. Yeah, like even the monster verse. Even though I love Godzilla and stuff, I'm just like everyone's trying to follow the same form of the cinematic universe. Thing, well, it's like it's kind of annoying. It's corporate meddling. Because they see like, that no, money there follow, and they're trying to yeah, replicate it's it. Like, yeah. This is what makes us money. Which yeah. I mean, that's what that's the gamble with these things. Is like this. I like. If I put so let's say I gave you twenty million dollars of my own money to and I want to see a return, mm-hmm. and I know and I have these advisors and I, they're telling me that like if this is slightly like Marvel movies, I will see my money come back and I will make you know plus amount of dollars. I'll get my interest back with or I'll get my money back with interest. And that's the problem with like all these people, like like Disney owning on owning all of this stuff is that like you're you wouldn't see hereditary like under Disney's hat because Disney would let them experiment like that. Like A twenty four does. But even A twenty four has its like own like vibe to it. Yeah they do. Um, I can feel the vibes between like I saw Uncut Gems, I just knew what it was A twenty four it's like just... it's, it's like something with the lighting or Dude, something. Dude, Uncut Gems no, it just is, is such a what, Uncut Brian? Gems is such a fucking stressful movie. Oh yes. my that, god! Yeah, hey, I tell you, Jordan. Can we, yeah, can we talk about unstressed? <laughs> yeah, it was. I love to talk about Uncut Gems with you. Fucking <laughs> my butthole was clenched the entire time <laughs> that I was watching that film. I think that okay. So I, I interesting that you said. I just want to say I think that the A twenty four vibe comes from. Not the lighting, but the type of movie that they make, the type of intimacy that is between each of the characters. Bizarre. Um, There is something there. Like, you can tell an A24 movie because they have a specific type of writing, a kind of slow and deliberate writing thing. And I fucking love it. I really do. Yeah, me too. It's like a slow crawl spine. It feels indie in a way. Like, just... It's it's like indie with a higher budget. And I hate to right? say this, it feels like a pre MCU kind of movie. Well, you, like, yes, what it that's is? exactly what it is. It's like the, a pre MCU world movie. Yeah, because it's just sense. a fucking movie. Yeah. It's not a fucking it's universe. Just a movie. <laughs> it's because it's a film. It's, yeah. It's like we're not. Because like all these. Yeah. You're not trying to sell me a fucking. Sorry, I'm angry now. You're not trying to sell me a fucking. No, you good. Universe about payment and all the other seven kings of hell. You just want to tell a good yeah. fucking story. A good story, and it's what, and it's great, and that's how I was like telling, like uh, I was say earlier, like I just just give me a good story. Yeah, yeah that's why my that's my problem with these people trying to replicate the universe thing. Like, not it doesn't always work with that certain property. No, just tell me a good single story, and that's all I need. Just, Make a sequel if it's good. It, 
it's like a24 uh lets their directors kind of just do whatever they want it's they Netflix. just needed they just find yeah. a director that's kind of fit their standard yeah. of quirkiness and then they just let them you know go off and do, do, weird what, shit. do what they do that's why i praise netflix it likes more creative freedom over there mm-hmm. give me a movie and just drop it up here. and that's exactly why i porn. believe that theaters yeah. won't die but the content that we're going to be seeing in theaters is going to be drastically different than the content that we're going to see on streaming platforms what we need is this like just someone that's so fucking rich that they're just willing to give money out to anybody because then once once you start doing that then you can just start seeing some wild yeah. shit and that's really you know that's really fucking it man the rock sorry go ahead do you know the rock uh he like owns uh xfl now really what is xlf what is, is what it, is that a, exactly it's football, football right yeah different brand of football the counter nfl God damn! It's so low budget, and <laughs> I, I watched it before. It came, you know, it came out in the early two thousands, but it came back recently. I've heard that's like it's like extreme football, right? It's like it's, the aggressive football. No, it's football, just a different brand that's not in NFL. So it's like watching like UFC to like watching some Chinese knockoff of UFC. Yeah. You you don't think about yeah. this, but like the NFL has a fucking vice grip on football. <laughs> like, a vice Dude, grip. NBA, like, that thing will NFL, never come off. Some of literally the worst organizations you could ever work for. The NBA. What? Yeah, NFL? NFL, NBA, any major sports conglomerate is disgusting in the way that it handles pretty much anybody that works for them. <laughs> uh, it's, they're all, I fucking, I hate to say it, I'm I'm an anti I, I am an anti corporate anti capitalist fuck okay, like I will make a movie with corporate money, and then not think twice about it. But I will never say that a corporation has helped me in any way. Like I will I steal from Target think, any chance that I get. I think it's fine. It's I think corporations are fine if they are small in many numbers. They still want your money. No. I don't give a shit but about if it's, capitalism. If it's like isn't fucking... okay. That's my thing. Capitalism is not okay, and that's it's it's and that's what it's just not in any capacity. It's not okay because that. I miss angry Brian, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we need to be all sitting in a, a, a single room with like a, like two pots of coffee going. <laughs> fucking seeing old men jails. Brian like holding his armchairs and we're both sweating our fucking balls off. No, not to cut you off, Brian. But no, 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 you're though. good. What I just remember saying? the one time where I made a pot of coffee in the animation room and I made it like fucking thick because I put way too much coffee in it and I was like <laughs> seeing through time and me and Crockett were drinking it. <laughs> fucking <laughs> what is thick coffee? Like, how is that? I can't comprehend that. It was like it was like sludgy. Like, it probably like punch you out. <laughs> it knocked me out. You were like, see dimensions. I remember me and Crockett, like, like me, me and Brian were drinking it, and we're growing full man beards in like seconds. Yeah. That's I forgot how, like, about how that. We I turn around, I look back, you guys like, what is it now? <laughs> <laughs> Got like Only no the middleest men can drink mm. this black roast. Exactly what it was. It was fucking disgusting. I loved it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, capitalism is not no at all. In, in no capacity or yeah. form. Corporations have the... Because corporations, when they get to the stage that Disney is at right now, they have... It's disgusting. So much propaganda that you don't even recognize as propaganda. <laughs> they are selling you on patriotism. They are selling you on discriminatory beliefs. They are selling you on xenophobia. They are selling you on all of these things and they are disguised as really neat little films and, sh- and TV shows 
but they're injecting these fascist values, this sort of like pull yourself up by your bootstrap values that eventually make it into the pop culture as the correct thought. And then you have less empathy for people of color, less empathy for people that are poor, less empathy for people that are in a, in a more difficult. And I know that this is dark compared to what we were fucking talking about a couple of seconds ago, but no, it's, 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 it's for everything, dude. But it's, 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 we underestimate the power that media has as a whole. And yeah. when, oh, God. you know, you know, I always thought that was, um, something about Disney was like super scary is that they had, they have a vice grip on children's cartoons yeah. And almost, and how many people you know have like grown up on watching Disney movies? They've watched all these Disney movies as a child, and they've been like that forever. They can dictate what those, what core values you get out of those movies as a child, and slowly you grow up through watching everything Disney from a, a toddler to, you know, a preteen to a teen yeah. to, and then into your adulthood. Yeah. They don't have they don't have a vice grip on adulthood. But they're I mean, their way. they're creeping into like Marvel, where they can con- almost completely control like what you see through your entire adulthood life. Yeah, it's like of uh, Chinese companies, especially doing like Pride One, how they all change their logo to a gay symbol, and how they just so how it represents the gay community for that Dude, particular that one month because so it's so corporate yeah. in a sense. Like it just it, it's like yeah. we're selling you on being gay and and yeah. the, the, buy our products now. The corporations yeah. are not. We are. Ugh, this is they're not they're not they're, this is a fucking people think that though that uh people will probably make fun of but we are heading into a, a specific brand of dystopia where corporations are more human than humans and and corporations have more right and more leeway than freedom. human beings and more freedom than human beings and we see that because corporations get bailed out constantly but the moment one of us can't pay rent you're out on your ass you know, like it's it's we we are unfortunately in a system that loves xenophobic fascist statements, and we are by having no other choice but to live in that system. We are fueling that system by giving our money to these big massive corporations, and it's an endless loop because we can't fix it. Like I can decide, I can decide to not watch any Marvel movie ever again. But I am fifteen bucks out of two billion dollars. You know, like it's it's just the power the power that media has, it is is insane. And when people pretend that people like Disney are treating that power wisely, they're being not naive, but they're being a little bit ignorant about what their money does and what their money is fueling. And so for me, I'm fucking get rid of corporations and let people fund their own shit when it comes to independent media. And then you get some some varied content, and then you get some varied ideas. Um, socialism. Yeah, yeah, socialism. Why are we so against socialism? Let's bring that back. Hey, you did because you're taking it right. Hey, so did you break your leg? They don't do... Let's just get it fucking taken care of. You can go to the hospital. It's not six hundred dollars. How about that? No, Brian, because we don't have free healthcare. Just, you know? Fucking let's just. You, you know the yeah. problem is, it's a human construct. So that's where it has faults because something that created it wasn't perfect so it's going to have faults yeah no absolutely so any any construct that we have is going to have like problems totally agree it doesn't matter it's always and it doesn't matter what what it is it will always build up to where it's going to fail human societies haven't not built a dystopian yet or a 
Utopia. not a dystopian, but um, what is the word? I'm Utopia. Looking for? Utopia. We haven't built a utopia. Well, it's yet. it's impossible to do that. It, I, God, we've talked about so much. I know we went from movies to like fucking human society (laughs) (laughs) constructs. Nah, go ahead. Say what you got to say, dude. We're we're dipping into like last week's topics. Um, It's, 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 it's one of those things where like, like you really as a consumer are so grabbed by the balls, by everything that is put, you're constantly bombarded with shit. You are constantly told to watch X and, and drink X and eat X and fucking play Y and you know, all of that, all of the fucking time. To the point where we are living in anxiety about what to do with every waking second of our life. And that is a product of all of these movies and films and television shows injecting us with the idea that in order to be productive, we have to be making money. I think social media as well is a major factor. Yeah, social media sucks. I deleted all social media from yeah, my yeah. phone. I don't use it unless I'm at a computer, and I leave my phone in other rooms of the house. I fucking hate social media. Hey, Brian, I was literally thinking about that today. Um, like, I know I keep coming back. Social media is extremely draining. Say that one more time. You it, I, like, I was thinking about that something similar like that today. Like, social media is ridiculous to the point where, like, I, like I want to delete it, but. Like you said, you literally explain it. We're, we're too drawn to it. You're afraid of missing something. Yeah. Or I mean, they they they, they decided sense. to be addictive, to yeah. to release dopamine in the brain every time you get a notification, and then yeah. but they That's keep true. you coming back because the moment that you don't get that, you're anxious. Why are you not getting that? You're gonna post yeah. this podcast, and there's gonna be at least an hour where you're gonna be checking the stats for the podcast, and refresh. Well. Likes, subscribes, yeah. and all that stuff. And that's yeah. not because what you did is invaluable. It's because it's not valuable yet in the eyes of a capitalist society until you get the validation from the thousand likes or the thousand subscribes. All of that. Social media is incredibly fucking gross. It creates a false reality for yeah, people. It absolutely does. Mm-hmm. And 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 then people from social media, that's where this is the intersect between social media and capitalism and film lies for me when the society that you're in tells everybody that the thing that they consume is good because it's the only thing that they can consume then you add social media on top of that we got all these crazy fanboys that are saying that star wars is social justice propaganda (laughs) and you get all of these idiots on twitter saying that star wars is anti-white because ray's holding a black stick and they think it symbolizes a black cock and so loud with it. That's and, and, the problem. Yeah, and that's the thing. They are so fucking loud, and people love giving them attention. So loud. People love giving them attention. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, don't listen to them. And, and it, it, it's mm. I have left social media almost entirely because I every time I'm in it, I want to like kill myself. And there's like going back to like video games. It's like The Last of Us Two. Uh, how that it was extremely loud on the internet, but the overall sales in, in the world. Cause it, they think people think social media is the world, but it's really yeah. not. It's like they thought that vocal minority represents the entire game sale. Like, oh, we're gonna boycott because, this game. You know what it is? Because everyone, vo- everybody's voice is at the same volume. It, and and that's, I hate that. And it's not yeah. like trying to not, not hear your opinion. I think you're just constantly in my face screaming, one hundred percent, twenty four seven. Right. And it's human beings draining. weren't yeah. meant to take with our bandwidth. Isn't supposed to be this like. But we're not supposed to take in this much uh, volume. Yeah. 
of stuff. Like when I'm on social media, it's like constantly screaming. Yeah. It, this is what social media feels it's like. It's like screaming into the void. And it's, yeah, it's, it's gotten worse over time to the point where it, I think doing the, what is it, the Black Lives Matter yeah. thing incident that happened, I had to get off a line for a bit because it was just like emotionally draining. It is. Just a lot of a lot of people were like, I'm taking yeah. a break from the social media. Yeah. You're not meant to see that much, like it's, it, it, and it's funneling. You're just funneling hate. It's you're funneling all the negativity right into a certain just your screen, and that's all you see. And I I know like the Black Lives Matter shit was they were posting all this police brutality and stuff. And it seemed like the entire world was like getting abused, but it, that's it was only it's really like it was just a slice. But you're only you're consuming that entire slice. You're not this, consuming everything as a whole. This was so fascinating about it though, like because like when I, when someone like say so like say like uh, I say like hypothetically I tweet out like uh, I'm taking a break and someone will reply to me like. You can't escape this problem. Like I know that, it just like it just. But here's the thing. There's a to a point you get overwhelmed. I was like, I'm not meant to fucking see this much. No, I get it. Like that's the that's the pros of social media. You can see what really happens in the world. You can learn a lot of things, and I understand that. But it's sometimes to the point where you just you get too much drowned into it. You get to a spot you can't get out of, and just overwhelming. It's not only overwhelming. But it it, it, it drains your mental health. It drains your bandwidth, and it does. You start feeling guilty. Because the shit that is happening out in the world, you can't do anything to fix. It is beyond anything your control. about it. Yeah, it is be- yeah. because it's systemic. Things are built from the ground up to be oppressive by the nature of the people that built it. And then when you, as a person, are absorbing all of the information and everything that's wrong with that, and you can't fix it because you are the you are an individual, your sense of guilt eventually drowns you. And going on social media feels like fucking just getting pelted in the face with shotgun pellets made out of rubber and 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 yeah. there is a sense of responsibility that we do have to take like that's true but like fucking breathe be a person before you're on social media for so long that's a problem you can't breathe and some people think we're not allowed to breathe in some sense and and you know yeah, you know what it was though like that you were in the belly of the beast that is like how this that's how these constructs are like were built they were built because what 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 is what are you more likely to respond to? Some like hate bigot speech or something uh, positive, like uh like an old uh, like a Boy Scout helped an old lady cross the mm-hmm. street. What what are you more likely to respond to? You're gonna respond to the bad thing because the bad thing is infinitely more interesting. Yeah. Right, that's literally how Facebook is yeah. built. They know that you're going to respond to this hate speech so they purposely will put that garbage in front of you <laughs> yeah or or more or less i don't think they would do it in front of you i know youtube if you search you constantly if, let's say yeah. let's use yeah. trump as an example mm-hmm. here if you constantly search trump stuff because you hate him so much <laughs> that you are only going to see trump stuff which is will make you continuously stay on the cha- like on those yeah. channels even though you're it, it's pretty much you're shooting yourself in the foot you could search nothing but puppies and get nothing but puppies but you, who the give who, you're not going to give a shit but people just want people want to be 
angry. Yeah, and, and, and here's angry is a very powerful emotion for people. And it's not, a, it's not, it's an useful emotion, but it's an extremely powerful one. And when you keep people angry, you can, con- but you can control what they're angry at by showing them. Right. It, the mob, mob justice. And an angry, like, mob yeah, mentality. And an angry population is a population that's relatively easy to control because an angry population is not thinking about what they're angry about. They're just angry. And they have large reactions. Right. And that, that's how we get people like the twats in Harris Teeter <laughs> that are not wearing a goddamn mask because they're not going to be muscled like a mad dog. They're angry at something. They're angry that they don't have enough money to pay rent. They're angry that they don't have enough, uh, enough money to feed their families. And so they latch on to the people that are telling them that the reason why you don't have money is because immigrants and people from China are, bringing the, are coming here and they're bringing the China virus and they breed xenophobia. And then we have all of that shit happening. God, I hate that saying so much. The Kung flu and all Kung that. Kung flu? Like, Someone said that? Yeah, no, that's the thing Trunk says, Kung Flu. Like, what an idiot. I, I hate bringing him up on a podcast because it's like it's the same story over and over, but he's not helping no, at all. No, he's not. And he's never going to help. No, no, um, no. But the point of, I, I don't know, I guess like, the thing that I want to say is that like, just be a person, you know, like, like if you. Thank you, Brian. Just be a good yeah. person. Is that so hard? Just, I'm not even <laughs> asking you to be a good person. I'm just asking you to be a person. Yes. Like, put your phone down and just be a, exist. Watch a movie any way that you want to watch it. But remember that if you do pay 30 bucks to watch Black Widow after paying 15 bucks, you're a bit of an idiot. <laughs> uh, but just watch the movie if that's don't really be a what drone. you want to do. Don't, don't fall into you know, it. Like, be self-aware. Consume responsibly. Or, you know, right. Or just have original <laughs> thought. Yeah. Just don't let anyone else decide what you're going to think today. Just have an original thought. Don't go online and and be part of this mass, like don't Con- people want to be connected as much as possible. Yeah, I want to. I want to. I want to. I gotta go to work pretty soon, so I want to end on a quick little note. Be a good one. Oh um, yeah. What do you think about Birds of Prey? You I didn't even watch, watch it. It's a fucking it. <laughs> great film, and you should all watch it. Came out <laughs> what? this year, right? Yeah, came out. Came, came out this a, year, it's right? gonna win the Oscars because it's the only movie that released in theaters. <laughs> Nah, Sonic is. <laughs> Sonic is going to win. Sonic. I have not seen Sonic at all. I really want to see it. It's not worth the time. It's not worth the time. It's really That's average. Sad. But I heard Birds of Prey was always amazing, but no one just yeah, watched Birds it. Yeah, Birds of Prey so. was really good. And yeah. just because we, were ta- we started the whole conversation with like the comic book thing, Birds of Prey is a great comic book film. Because as far as I know, I don't know anything about Harley Quinn and anything that's happening on in that side of the DC-verse. Um, but the yeah. character feels like Harley Quinn and all of the other characters feel really mm-hmm. good. And it is just a great film directed by a female director. And I believe that the female, the director is also a writer. Um, I believe her name is Kat, Kat, Katie, Katie something. It's a fucking great film and you should all watch it. And also comic book movies made by straight white men. Uh, we got to stop. We got to <laughs> stop that shit. I'm just saying. Crockett, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> but hey, not to drag it on, but is it because it's like oversaturation? Not because oversaturation. Well, yes, it's oversaturating the same thematics, the same thing. It's always, you know, like Captain America will always be a white boy, um, <laughs> because Captain America doesn't have anything else to worry about other than like that white boy yeah, can run patriotism. <laughs> if you get a black Captain America, yeah. black Captain America has to be worried about getting shot by his own government. 
that's what his comic is about about how people don't accept he's a black man as Captain really? America. Really? Shit, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. Read, it's Sam Wilson's Captain America. Came out a few years ago. It's nice. really good. That's really cool. Nick Spencer wrote it. You yeah. read it. That's what it, no, like in the game he gave. Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> story. Do you guys hear that drum? <laughs> good job, Crockett. Jumped yeah, right on my PC. Um, the, re- I'm a- the reason why I say that thing about straight white men writing comic movies, Joker, as good as it was, it's just another white man that went crazy. And then get, gets glorified because of it at the end of the day. I fucking hate that, though. I hate when people bring up the white man rage. But, but it's true. Like, white, white men get rage. crazy all the time and they never get shot. You know. Yeah, but like. Joker killed a man in the that's stage. Gen- that's generalizing in, like, such a big way. I mean, like. Cause Cis I, white men. <laughs> white man rage. And yeah. so. I mean. No. Yeah, go ahead, Ryan. I was just going to say that. <laughs> no, I'm, I got nothing to say. Joker is a great film. Good. I love the film. It but is. how many times are we going to explore mm-hmm. a white man rebelling against a system and not getting punished because of it? Right now, I'm 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 pulling out a gun. <laughs> but how many times are we going to see? How many times are we going to see the movie about the black man being the slave owner that rebels against the white man? Yeah, I am so sick of slave movies, dude. Yeah, I, you're right. Is Toby? It's Toby. This story of this time period, so many times. Not, I don't. I, see I think. It. I think. Yeah. I think a lot of like it's a, a lot of themes are really oversaturated. A lot of black people hate slave movies. They're sick of it. This is why they like praise. Uh, what's that guy's name? Um, they did to get out. Oh, they uh, praise his films a lot because it's Jordan different. Peele. Yeah, because he just different yeah. things instead of the generic slave or Madea movie. Jordan, oh, Jordan he makes Peele. actual good movies. Right. That's. But yeah. it's it's just another thing. Fucking. Every every market is saturated, and we should all stop giving Disney money. And that's my fe- that's <laughs> my thesis. Good. Just <laughs> yeah, uh, this is my video essay. No, Brian, man, like I'm, I'm not in the podcast soon, but like, dude, you're really smart and informative for this stuff. I love you on here, dude. Appreciate really you. You know what, Brian? I here. would love to do like a part two. Yeah, to absolutely, this, man. If you're willing to, because I feel like we have way more. I have a, I have a lot more in the yeah. tank. I'm angry about a lot of things. Shit. So. Yeah, I can go on longer too. Actually, I just like yeah. typing the run. We're, yeah. we're at, we're we're getting, yeah, we're we're running kind of long, but I mean, I have a lot in the tank. So yeah, if you would like to do a part two of this, that yeah, would be you great. You guys just let me know. Uh, um, Thursdays usually work best for me for shooting. So I'm absolutely, perfect. I'm absolutely That's down perfect. for another one. Yeah. Yeah, dude, okay, just, uh, it goes up anyway. Yeah. In, in uh, Brian, do you have anything to plug? Uh, no, not at the moment. I am working on a short film that's going to come out soon. I'm not the director. My friend Jonathan is, but we've been editing it. Uh, I don't know when that's going to come out, but we are working on that. And I have uh, an article that I'm going to send you guys that I wrote that is related to the whole big budget conversation that I was having um earlier on so you can plug that shit in there too what a beast um, but um, <laughs> brian you're cool can we, man uh, can, we, can, we get a link? can we get a link to it and we'll post it in the description the video yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely yeah. one second my girlfriend is calling me so do your thing i'll send you uh, a yeah <clears throat> uh tay you want to send us out or you want me to do it <laughs> uh there's a good time uh so uh Big titty, <laughs> little ways. Little ways. Hey. Thank you guys for stopping down to the podcast. This is um, a lot of fun. Glad you guys. I hope you guys made it all the way towards the end of the episode. Um, it's a fantastic if you guys like this video, uh, and you have any thoughts on like what we're talking about, and you know all that stuff, um, we'll, we can meet you down in the comments. We'll, I'll meet you down there. You leave a comment. I'll, we'll we'll have a full blown conversation about this shit. Give uh, us a like, subscribe. Got, yeah, if you guys. <laughs> 
<laughs> if you guys like the video, give us a like. If you disliked it, give us a dislike. Because it helps us out a uh, lot. <laughs> yeah. If you guys, uh, what helps us out the most though right now is just like sharing it with your guys' friends and then, you yeah. know, just spreading the word is trying to help us grow. We're trying to get under the, off the bottom of YouTube's like, you know, that bottom Garbage feeding. algorithm. We're trying to get a little bit higher than that. So they really took me do, off Twitter today. Yeah, if you, yeah. That's like probably one of the best ways to support us is just sharing us and help, um, showing us to people and stuff like that. But, uh, guys, thank you so much for coming. Yeah. Thanks for watching or listening. Spotify users. Appreciate it. Oh God. Yeah. What's up Spotify listeners. Thank you for listening. Probably the best way to see the show right now because Brian, uh, there wasn't a, a video for Brian. So probably the uh, best way to listen to this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. exclusive uh, to Spotify. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> yeah, I we're do signing that. a deal with Spotify for a hundred million dollars. That'd be something, right? <laughs> yeah, we're not yeah. that good. When we Spotify guys, uh, wouldn't give us a fucking penny. <laughs> really appreciate the watch and listen. So, yeah. thank you for watching. See you next week. Yeah, see you guys. Bye.